1: Let's get to the show with your tell it like it is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick unless you act like one first. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of 40 Plus Real Men Real Talk. I'm the host, as you know, I'm Rick Clemens, and I just love having these conversations with real guys about real stuff. And I just want to give you a quick reminder, uh, our next monthly 40 Plus Real Men's Real Chat Is coming up. It's going to be August uh August 4th. Yeah, that's when this next one's coming up. And that's where we get together, we have chats about everything that's going on in our lives, everything from sex to hey, I'm not feeling good about my job, or you know what? I'm just struggling to be really open and more vulnerable. So if you are interested in joining the 40 plus real men real talk chats, uh go to the website 40 plus real men real talk, 40 plus podcast, Rick Clemens, any of those places are going to get you there and um, you will find that you can sign up for those chats. So let's dive in today. One of the things that I know myself as a coach, somebody that has been coached by coaches, and being a 40-plus guy, especially it was my 40s that kind of everything came to a head, that I started realizing I was on this crazy hamster wheel of life, and nothing was going the way I wanted it to be. But I was also being stubborn and like I can figure this out and then when I tried to figure it out I didn't really get anywhere and it finally took me getting to that space where I something's got to happen. And I had to do some pretty crazy dangerous stuff so to speak and then suddenly everything began to change and that's why I'm so glad I got introduced to today's guest his name is Trip Lanier. And he's got a pretty cool book. I'm not going to tell you what the name of it is because I want him to kind of talk about this, but he and I do similar stuff. We love beating guys up, kicking them in the ass and telling them it's time to get off the rat race of their life and moving forward, doing the things they most want to do, loving what they do in life. And I thought this would be a great opportunity for two of us guys that do kind of similar work, yet we bring our own different perspectives to it to have a solid open, candid conversation about men moving forward and getting things done. So, Trip, welcome to the show, man. Thank you
0: so much, Rick. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah. So, this is one of the things that I love having conversations about, and especially when it's with somebody else that does this similar stuff, Trip. Um, so, I'm just curious. You know, you've got your coaching practice. You've got a great book, which I want to talk about here in a bit. But What drew you into, I'm going to do just, I got to do this work with guys or in people in general, but it seems like you got a real focus with guys. What was it that drew you to it?
0: I was a guy that needed this. Um, This kind of, I just was sick of this veneer of life and I felt more alive and more satisfied with life when I was addressing what was really going on. I'd gone through a big I don't know what word I would use, awakening. Like a big, a big transition, a big shift happened for me in my 20s. And it, so many of the things that I thought were up or down and left or right, it just was all kinds of I was, I, I, So it left me in this state like, what in the hell just happened? What, mm-hmm. what, what, what does life mean at this point? And I got really curious about it and it put me on this path that so many others are on, personal growth, personal development, spiritual development. And so, just going back and hanging out with men and just talking about football or just talking about the typical things on the surface wasn't satisfying for me anymore. I still like those types of things, but it just wasn't going to cut it for me anymore. And I I found that I loved being in the conversation of what do we really love? What do we really want to experience before we die? You know, what do we want to do with our lives? Um, and then I loved being in the process of co-creating that with with people too. So that that put me on the journey to become a coach
1: It's interesting that one of the things you brought up because i think this is something that a lot of guys kind of hear the word they don't really go play around with it but this like spiritual piece to this whole thing and i'm curious since you said it what does that look like for you when you think about your spiritual space your spiritual being um because i always say this isn't necessarily it's not religion so to speak but what is that spiritual side of you look like man
0: well, it's it's not a guy on in a cloud wearing Birkenstocks judging everybody or anything like that. Uh, you know,
1: for oh, me, come on, I, they're so, they're so attractive. <laughs>
0: hey, and no if that offense, works, guys, if
1: you like them, go for and it. And honestly,
0: if that works for people, that that's great. But um, you know, for me, quite simply, is is instead of focusing on all the things that separate us, it's shifting the attention to what are the things that make us uh, connected what what, mm-hmm. can, what connects us. And um, just kind of getting back to the, the essentials of what is shared among all of us. And when I get in touch with that, uh, I just feel more whole. I feel more complete. And, um, and so whether it's a, you know, I've done a lot of Buddhist training and a lot of Buddhist practice, but I don't even know if that cuts it because there's just a, a desire and a lot of that to just get into nothingness right. and this kind of you know, being in this non-dual awareness, which I can appreciate. But in a day-to-day basis, I see that even if I don't agree with somebody, that chances are they still want to experience joy and love Mm -hmm. and aliveness in their lives. And I said, well, that's something I want too. We just may have different paths to get there. So when I realized that most of us are all wanting the same or similar experiences in our life, but we have very unique ideas for getting there. And that's typically what we're arguing about, or that's where we're bumping heads. Um, I I can have more compassion for others. I can have more compassion for myself. It's like, you know what? We all want the same things. We're just not on the same page about how to to get there. And and, uh, that gives me a a greater sense of completeness and wholeness, as I said.
1: I think that's a key piece to this because so I'm just going to kind of like be honest with everybody who's listening to this. This we're we're recording this about a month and a half ahead of when it's going to get released, but um we're right in the we're right in the midst of all of this upheaval right now in the US with everything that's gone down with George Floyd, and I think it's I feel like it's asking me to come to the table and like okay, I'm I'm open-minded guy, all that stuff, but it's even testing me to be even more like, okay, can I open myself to be listening and hearing? And I think for us guys, sometimes it's our machoism and we have to be right that gets in the way of us being able to truly hear and listen and see things that, as you said, Trip, is we're all trying to get to the same damn place. It's just how we're getting there that is what causes the problems for most of us. And I'm curious when you see that happening in a guy who's trying to get somewhere in his life, but it's because he's letting other people (laughs) and their perspectives get in the way as a coach, how do you try to guide him and help him see these different perspectives? Because I I know there's guys that are like, nope, it's this way. This is how we do this. And this is how the fuck we're going to get there. And I know as a coach, sometimes I feel really challenged, like, (laughs) if you just would wake up man you know just <laughs> open yourself up and, and let it you know but i'm curious for you how do you kind of get a guy there
0: i think it's i think it's important to to recognize that when we're scared or we've been hurt that that's when we tend to dig in we tend to get really attached to our perspectives that this is the way it is this is what's right this is what's wrong and things get really black and white it's really hard to take another perspective and so if I'm working with somebody and I recognize that they're activated, either because they're scared or they're hurt, then it, you're not going to get anywhere until you recognize that fear or that wound. Yep. And so let's just make space for it. All right. What are you scared of? What, 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 what's, what's the worst thing that's going to happen in this scenario? And, and most of the time, we've never taken a flashlight and even looked at the monster under the bed. Right. There's just a lot of fear. It's just unknown. So it helps to just unpack it, put it on the desk. Okay, this is the thing I'm afraid of. And a lot of times when we take a look at it, the first thing out of our mouth is it's kind of silly. I don't think that would actually ever happen or so many other things would have to go wrong before that happened. Mm-hmm. So that that usually helps when we just st- shine a light on it and be like, what's the worst thing that can happen? And then a lot of times you got to recognize that we've been hurt. Um, and we got to that's got to be acknowledged. This doesn't mean we collapse into it. I think as guys, there's a fear that if we acknowledge that we've been hurt, that we're going to get stuck there or that we're going to be seen as weak or we're going to see the weakness in ourselves. And that's a really scary thing. A lot of us as men are really committed to making sure that we avoid doing anything that has us look weak or needy or any of those types of behaviors that we probably learned at an early age were not desirable. Those are the things that got us cast out. Yeah, And, um, So, but I found if if we can create some space for that, where it was okay to put all that stuff on the table and recognize this is a moment in time, it's not it's not fixed. Then there's a breath that can happen. It's like okay, and you start to feel better, and then you go from being a defensive in a defensive position to eventually getting curious, right? And um, that's when we can start to consider that there might be other possibilities if we're so entrenched and so attached to one way of doing it um, that. Getting everything on the table, being heard, and having the other person understand what we're, what we're thinking and feeling and wanting usually has us be like, well, what about you? What, what is it? What, what am I missing here? But um, that's really hard to do when we're, we're fighting to make sure that we're right or that we are safe or that we are validated in some way.
1: The other day, I was talking to someone kind of along these lines because I I have some people I'm working with, but this was more of a colleague to colleague thing, and we were having this whole conversation about, you know, COVID pandemic and now what's going on. And he said something really profound. He goes, "It's so interesting to realize that when we're scared, it's activating so many things within us." and bringing so many things to the surface that we may not even realize are coming from so far back in our past, that the only way we can react sometimes is the way we would have reacted to it from the past. But yet consciously we're not really seeing that It's like this has come forward. So for instance, you know, in my childhood I was sexually abused and sometimes that can activate me, and other times it doesn't activate me at all because I've come to terms with it. But it's interesting to see where these things start to show up, and then suddenly the fear shows up, and suddenly here's all this stuff that we're bringing forward. and And I hate to use the term that we haven't dealt with yet, but I think it is one of those things. Especially for men, we're told go do this, be this, show up this way, and then suddenly some of the stuff we need to most deal with, we haven't gone and gone, you know had our own little interesting come to Jesus moments with them and go, okay, let's really get in here and figure this out. And I think most men are scared. They're scared to go do that digging in. And I'm curious, why do you feel like that is men are so scared to go to that vulnerable spot?
0: Well, it's for one, it's just the unknown. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. If I were to actually talk about something that happened in my past, I don't know right. what's, what might how I might be perceived. I don't know if I want to see that part of myself. It's just all of the, the big question marks. So yeah, our bias is to stick with what's familiar. I, I think that's just bred into us from a, you know, an evolutionary standpoint is we don't go sticking our neck out too far. And then um, I think there's also just a deep seated fear. And this is at the root of shame, which is if you really knew me, you wouldn't love me. I would have really lay it all out on the table about who I am. I'm not even sure I would love me. Right. So we're going to work really hard to cover that up. And any of our inadequacies, we tend to overcompensate for in our life. Hey, I don't feel special. So now I'm going to go be really special in the world. Mm-hmm. I don't feel very valuable. So I'm going to go do stuff that has me seem to be more valuable. It's just we're walking our wound. And in a lot of ways, it can be I can, fi- I can find a humor in it. Like it's just because we're all doing it. It's not like, right there's only those people are doing it. It's just to what degree are we all doing it. And once you recognize it, it's kind of like watching middle school kids at the, at the dance, you know, they're all goofy and they don't know how to dance and they're just kind of flailing around. And it's just like, yeah, we're, we're still figuring it out and it's, it's messy. Yeah. It's messy and it's uncomfortable. But to come back to your question, I think it's just, one of those places I, I don't know what's down that that road i don't know i don't know what's down that hole and um it's unfamiliar territory so why not stay where at least i may not be happy here but at least i know what, what what's going to happen
1: yeah and i also think kind of leaning into you know your book it feels dangerous it really feels dangerous sometimes to go into those spaces even if we don't know exactly why anytime there's uncertainty there's almost like this like danger 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 you know because we want to know even though we can go and we can like toughen up like i'm good i don't have to know yeah we do (laughs) i remember as a young boy we lived in a house that had a cellar in my bedroom so you came in my bedroom and actually there was a door that you know lifted up and you went down into the cellar It's
0: where the monsters go, right? Exactly,
1: exactly. (laughs) And so there's always this interesting, like, you know, anytime I'm somewhere, and it's not as bad as it used to be, definitely. But there used to be a time that, like, if I was walking down a street and there was, like, you know, like in New York where, you know, there's all those sidewalks that have the doors that would open up, I'm like... I was right back to that little boy in that room, you know, because it's such an interesting space, but I think it is this dangerous stuff that we see. And for many men, anytime we feel danger, we're going to hold back. So I'm curious, your book is called, this book will make you dangerous where's the flip where's the juxtaposition what's the like you know true thing you're trying to get across to men in this book because i think there's some stuff in there that's probably dealing with everything we've already talked about
0: it is big um what's dangerous we've evolved right like we, we we've got this wonderful brain in our skulls that was programmed to pick up on real threats real threats like threats to our mortality yep and it's designed to You know, have the alarm go off if there is a threat to our mortality. We've evolved in so many ways, technologically, culturally, and our brains have adapted too and said, Well, I might not die here per se, but I might do something that feels like death. I might lose a thousand dollars if I invested in this thing. I might look like a complete moron if I face plant and you know, things don't work out here. Uh, just being really uncomfortable can feel like a form of death for some people. So most of us have come up with this idea that success is really this pursuit of being comfortable, safe, and accepted once and for all. Mm -hmm. And so when we imagine somebody up on that mountain and in that VIP area, we jump to this place and say, well, they've got it made. That guy never is Uncomfortable. Look at his house. That guy's totally safe. He's got gates around his house and he's got security and he's got money in the bank. There's no risk. That guy doesn't feel unsafe in any way. And man, look at everybody kissing his ass. He is just, he's got it made. Everybody, everybody wants to be him. That's who I want to be. Because in my mind, that's where I imagine I will be comfortable and safe and loved once and for all. Yep. And really what that means is success is, this, is still in a survival mindset. We're still trying to outrun things that feel like a threat, discomfort, you know, uh, financial insecurity, uh, and the, the, the possibility that we might look like a moron or do something to get us rejected or have us cast out. So I, I, I've, I'm using this word dangerous because in actuality, people will say, well, that's not dangerous to be uncomfortable, but that's not necessarily how their actions show up most people will do a lot of work to avoid being uncomfortable they will go through jump through many many hoops to chase this idea that they will be financially secure once and for all they will go through even bigger hoops to make sure that they look good they always look good to themselves and to the world so if we look at what people's actions declare instead of what their words are they right. are desperately trying to be safe and so we can talk about here that the antidote to being dangerous is playing it safe and and Playing it safe does not equal fulfillment. Fulf- playing it safe gets us to a place where we get bored or we're constantly overwhelmed trying to outrun this thing on the on the hamster wheel. We feel drained by doing the same thing every day because we're unwilling to try new things. We feel trapped in whatever situation we're in because we don't think we've got other options. And for many of us, we feel isolated because we're unwilling to really, even if we have people around us, we're not being vulnerable, as you say. We're not having real conversations about things. So we might be in close proximity to people but we can still feel very alone.
1: And we can also feel very threatened by even being alone. It's such an interesting thing. Yeah. I I work with so many guys because a lot of my clients are kind of like yours, they're making some they want to make some big leaps in life, but a lot of mine at the core are the guys that are coming out of the closet and they know they want to do this, but there's so much at risk, you know, I'm back to, you know, guy being seen as someone that, okay, wow, he's got it all going. There's a talk that I do where I talk about, you know, everybody thought, Oh, look at Rick. He's this really great guy. He's this super guy. You know, he's got a wife and two kids and the big house and, and he's high up in the company and he's got a big heart and all this stuff. But the danger was I was so afraid of being found out because I was lying to everybody and it scared the crap out of me. Until I finally said, you know what, if I don't do this, the danger I have is that I'm gonna end up killing myself. Not literally taking my own life, but the stress and everything that was going on was so heavy and I was so miserable. Everybody used to actually say to me, you never smile, you never smile. (laughs) It was always like, I just wanted to fucking punch him in the face. Like, yeah, you <laughs> want to know why I'm not smiling? Let me tell you why, you know? But um, I think this, this is such an interesting space of how you're taking the danger and you're saying the danger is actually the plane is safe. And mm-hmm. somebody said to me the other day, I was working with a client and um, he's feeling really challenged in his relationship. And I said, so when's the last time you, you and your partner did something fun? And it got really quiet. And I said, okay, pre-pandemic, when was the last time you did something fun? And it still was quiet. And he goes, I think we just play it safe. We just show up, we get up, we go to work, we come home, we do our normal stuff. But he goes, there hasn't been anything fun. I said, and what are you afraid of? He goes, I'm afraid that if we like try to have some fun that we just, I don't know, we're going to not do the thing we know how to do. Mm. I found it really interesting because it's like, and he seems like a really adventuresome sort of guy. I mean, he's an outdoor enthusiast, all this sort of stuff. But I thought that's an interesting space to be where you're afraid to do something because you've gotten so used to what you're doing, which goes back to what you said, playing it safe equals boredom.
0: It, it equals like, a lot of things. And I, you know, when I throw this word danger around, there's some people that puff their, their, their chests out. i like, well, I do, these extreme sports or I go and do, I'll jump out of planes or I'll go surf big waves or whatever. There's that Mm -hmm. kind of attitude. And it's like, well, when was the last time you talked to your dad about, you know, X, Y, Z. Mm -hmm. It's like, the air goes out of the room. So it's, I want to point it out. This is for all of us. This isn't a finish line that we cross that for each of us, we have that line where, Hey, you know what? I'm feeling drained here. I'm feeling trapped here. I'm feeling isolated here. I'm feeling you know, bored or overwhelmed. Those are the doorways. Those are the doorways for us to find greater expansion because what's on the other side of drained is aliveness. What's on the other side of trapped is freedom. What's on the other side of isolated is that connection or that love. Peace of mind opens up after we address the, the boredom and the overwhelm. So th- that's the way I like to frame it, which is this could be playful. We don't have mm-hmm. to turn this into... The, you know, the, the, that survival mindset we have is just like, I can't go have fun. There's too much, you know, everything mm-hmm. might fall apart at any moment. That's a wonderful indicator that it's time to pull our head out of our ass.
1: Yes, right? exactly. Like, yeah.
0: So when we start, it's, it's the willingness to challenge those things, to be bold, to be playful, and most importantly, get over ourselves. Wow, if we're willing to do that, man, every, it, everything opens up from that point.
1: So true. So true. And the thing that I have found for myself is those moments where I allow myself and and I'm not by any stretch of the fricking imagination, good, 100% good at this yet. But when I start feeling that boredom or that, uh, okay, well, let's just, yeah, I could do that. But if I ever hear myself say that, but word, I'm like, okay, it's time to think about why are you saying, but because there's something I'm avoiding. There's something I know I could push through. There's something I could. Go do, but there's something behind that. And that's the thing that's the problem. I need to go look at that because otherwise I'm never going to get there. And it was interesting when the whole COVID thing kind of kicked in, like everybody else's gyms, my gym shut down. Right. And I was like, great. I was just starting to get back into everything because I'd had a couple of injuries and I was swimming every day. And I was kind of like, well, fuck that. I'm just going to be fat. I'm just going to be fat, you know? And then I thought, well, you love riding your bike. Yeah, I haven't done it in a while. But what if you just went out and you rode three or five miles? And now I'm riding almost every, just about every other day. I'm back in the saddle. Hmm. And it was because I had to get past that, quote, danger of, okay, yeah, what if your foot starts acting up? Well, then you'll deal with it okay, well, what if you actually get winded because I had a stroke a year ago, so I'm really careful about how much I exert at times. And I'm like, well, then if you exert too much, then kick it back. And it's so interesting to watch your mind play these games with you when the thing you most wanted, what I wanted most was I just wanted to be active. Mm. I just wanted to be active. I know for me, I'm going to feel better when I'm doing active cardio whether it's walking, biking, hiking, kayaking, that's my, that's my jam. Swimming. Don't put me in a weight room because I'll just like stare at him and go, come on. <laughs> yeah. Do it, you know? But, um, so as you kind of, well, I, I want to
0: touch on something yeah, yeah. there because the, the, the phrase you, you, you tapped into, which was really powerful is I want, yeah. which is a lot different than I should. Yeah. The I should stuff is, <laughs> it's really hard, right? Like there, there's all the conditioning Yes, and there are things that, we've got to do. But I think it's way more powerful when we when we tap into instead of poor me, I'm being made to do this stuff and I'm powerless. It's like, no, this is my choice. Mm-hmm. This is my choice. I, I wake up every day and I choose to be with my partner. I wake up every day and I choose to be a father. I wake up every day and I yep. choose to have this job or I choose to, to make my living this way. It's way more empowering. Um, the I want helps us tap into what would have me feel more free today. What would have me feel more alive today? What would have me feel more connected today? What would have me feel more at peace? That's a creator mindset. That's a really powerful place to be. So even if things in your life are tits up today, right? you still have that ability to pivot and say, well, given that this is how things are, what do I want? And most of us, mm-hmm. that's where we give away our powers because we, we, go, we look around, well, what's everybody else doing? Exactly. Tell me what to do. Show me what to do. What should I do? And we give up our power in that, in that place. And so I think it's just a real crapshoot when uh, we, ex- we give up our power and then somehow expect that we're going to find it to be fulfilling or that somebody else is going to figure out what we want and deliver it to us. Um, I, I like to say that, that there's a tension there when we sit in the unknown of what do I want? There's like, a, I don't know. It's like when somebody asks you where you want to go to lunch, you're like, I don't know. You decide. There's like a quick, here, you, you figure it out. But that, that tension, that burden is actually our power. Yep. So I, I, I invite people to sit in that and, and get used to asking that question throughout the day in the smallest ways. Like, what shirt do I want to wear today? What bike ride you know, path do I want to go today? Instead of get, just staying on this autopilot uh, and doing things because, quote, that's how it's always been done.
1: And it's interesting when we do this with ourselves. Yesterday, I woke up and I had like crazy day with coaching. It was going to be basically from, quote, dawn to dusk but I did have a little bit of a window, like, okay, I know I can probably get out and exercise in that little bit of a window. And then my first session ended up canceling and I'm like, okay, cool. I think I can actually get out and do a quick bike ride. But my mind immediately said, yeah, but you're not going to be able to go do your 10 or 15 miles. And so immediately my mind started going, okay, maybe. And then I'm like, no, what is it you want to do? What is it you want to do right now? I knew I wanted to get on my bike. And I knew I really wanted to like get a heart pumping ride in. So we have a bike trail right next to where we live here that kind of goes up and down parallel to the train tracks. And it's not, I mean, the trail goes all over, but there's like, from our house up to the train station, it's like literally about two and a half mile round trip. And I thought, Oh, I could just go ride the trail. (laughs) Anybody there is going to think I'm insane, but I could just do the trail back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I could do a cadence ride. I could get heart pumping. and suddenly that, Oh, you're not going to be able to do this. My whole mindset changed. Cause I'm like, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. It's flat. I'm going to do that cadence. I'm going to burn it. My legs. I, Cause I used to teach spin. So I'm like, I know exactly what I'm preparing myself for. And I went out there and I'd like literally 30 minutes, boom, 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 eight miles. And I did not stop. It was like, and I'm so glad I said, what do you want? What do you want today? Because that set the tone for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Had I said, ah, oh, I can't get this done, you know, da, da da da. Right. I probably would have been like, pretty much every client would have been, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> you have too much shit today. I don't want to deal with this. But it like, it just inspired me so much to just like go. And I love that question, Trip, because I think it's the power of asking ourselves, what do you want?
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, we probably meet a lot of 45 year old boys Mm -hmm. and I talk about this in the book, you know, from an early age as infants, we we learn the first way to get what we want is to just scream until somebody figures it out for us and brings it to us. Um, and a lot of us are still going through life in that way, where the only way we know how to kind of get our needs met is to just make a big ruckus and then hope that somebody else figures it out for us and then brings it to us. Yep. And I like to say if, if we're feeling trapped or drained or isolated or bored or overwhelmed, how much of our day are we spending saying, wait a second, I want something. Now the, the second step is I, it's up to me to speak up yes. or to propose this or to request it or to go do it for myself like you did with your bike ride. And most people just don't do that. They're way better at bitching and moaning and complaining mm-hmm. instead of coming back to themselves. And I think that these little tiny steps when we, when we think about our lives and feeling stuck on a hamster wheel or whatever, it's like, you'd be amazed at how much traction and momentum you'll build if you just start to do these little bits throughout the day. Of, what do I want? What shirt do I want to wear? What do I want to have for breakfast? What would make it more Do I have to sit at the table? No, I can go sit outside. I can go, blah, blah. there's just right. so many little things when you start to tap into that. And it's like a little fire. You add a little, little, little bit of fuel, a little bit of air as you go. It's just, personally, it's way more inspiring for me to be around people who take responsibility for what they want than the ones that are complaining. Yep. all the time. And then yeah. in a pissy mood. So
1: the other two questions that I have added into this, this thing about what do you want or what do you desire? And they've really shown up a lot over the last few months during this whole pandemic and everything is to ask yourself, how are you doing? How are you feeling? We do this to everybody else. How are you doing? How are you feeling? But when's the last time you actually stood in a room by yourself and said, Rick, how are you doing today? How are you feeling today? it's pretty freaking powerful when you stand with yourself and ask those questions. And I know some guys are going to be going, this is bullshit. I can't believe it. <laughs> Try it guys. Try it because actually it's, it's not you up.
0: Yeah. If you, if you think about, if you want to be a leader, yeah. yeah well, I mean, look at all the people, the money that gets dropped on being leadership, you know, yep. getting leadership training, leadership coaching. What is leadership? I know what I want. Here's where we're going.
1: Exactly.
0: Right. <laughs> But you can't figure out what you want or where you want to go if, if you're checked out, if you're only looking around. In that, in that frame of mind, you're just reacting. You're not actually responding and saying, hey, this is what I think is important. This is where I'd like to go. Who would like to come with me? Who'd like to co-create with me? But yeah. so you're, you're talking about this like, it's know thyself. It's getting in touch with yourself, checking the, ga- the dashboard, checking the gauges on the dashboard. Hey, this is what's lighting me up. This is what I want to let go of what do I want more of? Let me build on that. Let me go. Yeah. If you're not happy, chances are you're not doing those, those very simple steps. They take effort. It's a lot easier to just look at your phone, but, uh, I challenge guys to just slow down and check in with yourselves, even to just set an alarm on your phone three times a day, just to check in and ask the questions that you proposed would be, I think if you did it over the course of two weeks, it would change your life.
1: It would change your life real quick before we wrap it up here, man, if you could say the one thing you've learned from just kind of doing this work and growing in yourself that you feel has really like changed the trajectory, you know, like amped up your life that you do now that really keeps you moving forward. What's the thing you feel like you've learned through all this personal development work? Oh,
0: I would say it's two things. At least I want to cheat. That's cool. Uh, First off it's just remember love that just to be kind to yourself and be kind to others. I think that's such a huge deal. It's so easy when we've been hurt or disappointed or whatever to want to go on the attack and 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 of course that that seems like the right thing in the moment, whether we're attacking ourselves or we're attacking our partner or we're attacking society at large, whatever it might be. but there's a, there's just a thing to just remember to slow down and remember, oh yeah, love, right, mm-hmm. got it, okay. Mm-hmm. That's, that's going to, I know I'm going to get back there. That's, that's, that's what it is. Right. And then I'd say the other part is get over yourself. Like, and, and what I mean by that is just to recognize that we are going to distort reality so that it fits our narrative, where we are the lead character in this movie. And even if we may not think we're the lead character, most of the time what we're doing is playing a support in a certain way so that you know, to, Even if we're, we think we're playing a support to others our kids or partners or whatever, there's still a thing where it's still directed at what do I got to do so that I'm not uncomfortable, so that I'm not at risk, so that this person doesn't reject me. There's still very much where we're just, we just get fixated on ourselves. And so I know that we just spent some time talking about, hey, get back in touch with yourself. But there's also, a, 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 you don't have to be rigid about it. We can have a sense of humor and, and recognize like, oh, there I go again. I'm taking myself really seriously right now. And that's the invitation is if you can learn to laugh at yourself, this stuff gets a lot easier and a lot more fun. Doesn't mean you give up, right. but it's just like, oh, there I go. I'm doing that thing again where I've made it the end of the world if, you know, somebody sees my ass or something, you
1: know, it's just... exactly. <laughs> exactly life's Uh, gonna go on (laughs) life is gonna go on no doubt so well that's very cool i love this conversation we just had man and i really appreciate it his book is this book will make you dangerous and trip lanier is his name we're gonna have all this stuff to connect with trip check him out if he feels like he's a fit for you guys you're looking for a coach um, i always love recommending other coaches because here's the thing not everybody's going to be right for everybody and the more you can find somebody that you can relate to and you can see that's going to push you in the way you need to be pushed and help you find those interesting answers. Everybody needs a wingman, especially as we're going through lives. And especially, I feel like as we start to get into this 40 plus world, everything is a changing. So um, anyway, Trip, thanks a lot, man, for being here. I really appreciate it, buddy.
0: Thank you, Rick. It was, it was uh, fun and refreshing to have such a good conversation. Thank you.
1: That's a wrap for 40 plus. Real men, real talk. Where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed up fears, make bold moves, and live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 Plus Real Men Real Talk, where the conversations continue.